This is the FCB Podcast Network. They freed us all from tyranny. We stand for things for liberty. And they fought so we would be America, land of the Welcome back to the Growing Patriot Podcast, American History for Kids. I'm your host, Amelia Hamilton. We just wrapped up the First Amendment, so now it's time to dive into the Second and see what that's all about. The Second Amendment says, A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, shall not be infringed. Now, we're going to be joined by a Second Amendment expert to tell us just what that means. But first, some questions. Hi, my name is Zach Benson. I live in Arizona. I enjoy the outdoors and engineering. The Second Amendment is the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. If that's the case, why are there limits on what firearms we're allowed to own as citizens? And now some more questions. Hi, my name is Asander. I live in South Carolina. I am named after Asander Spooner. I play baseball and I'm on school. I have some questions about the Second Amendment. I was wondering why our founders thought it was so in, so important in the Bill of Rights. Is it still important today? Does it have any restrictions today? Did women have guns? Did slaves have guns? Good. Did it have any restrictions back then? Why did they call it arms? My name is Stephen Gutowski. I'm the founder and editor of TheReload.com, which is a news publication that focuses on firearms policy and politics. Uh, I'm also a CNN contributor where I talk about the same topics on TV, and uh, I'm also a certified firearms instructor, uh, So, and, and an avid shooter and somebody who uh, likes to do competitive shooting and build my own guns, and I'm very, very much interested in in uh, the recreational aspects of shooting. And, and I carry a gun as well. Uh, I have a concealed carry permit here in Virginia where I live, uh, as well as in Pennsylvania where I'm from. So uh, yes, I'm very, very uh, closely uh, associated with firearms and and uh, everything about them, so. Yeah, when it came time to do my second amendment episode, I knew exactly who I wanted to talk to. So I'm so glad you're joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate you uh, reaching out and I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. So let's um, start with the beginning. Why did our founders think it was important to have a right to bear arms in the Bill of Rights? The founders, uh, if you know, remember your your U.S. history here, had just gone through uh, a revolution where they threw off their old government, the, the King of England, uh, because they felt he was oppressing them and take, stripping them of their God-given rights. Um, and they used arms to 
throw off that tyrannical government and form a new one. And so part of the vision for the new country was that it would have robust rights protection so that the government um, that they were creating could never become tyrannical in the way that the one they had just revolted against was. And so part of that was writing the Bill of Rights. Uh, when they went to create the Constitution, you know, there was a few years into the new country, the the old system they were using, the initial system, the Articles of Confederation weren't working. And so they created a new system called the Constitution. And one of the concerns that some of the founders had with that new Constitution is that it gave too much power to the to the government, to the federal government. And so one of the compromises that was made at that point was to write the Bill of Rights, to give these guarantees of individual rights to uh, the people so that the government couldn't uh, do certain things. Um, and they wanted this to be written down and and enshrined in a, as part of the Constitution, as the first 10 amendments to the Constitution. And so that's where the Second Amendment comes in as uh, something that they viewed as uh, necessary to uh, a free state, right? Uh, they, they talk about uh, in the Second Amendment uh, a well-regulated militia being necessary to, to the security of a free state, uh, that the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So they, they viewed, uh, of course, the right of individuals of the people um, to continue to have arms as a core function of uh, protecting the freedom of people in the country uh, in the same way that it had done that during the revolutionary period. Yeah. You talked a little bit about the language in it, and I would love to know a little bit more about what you were talking about, a well-regulated militia mm -hmm. and the term infringed. So what does well-regulated mean? What's militia mean in this context? Yeah, that's a great question, right? Well, what is the militia? What does well-regulated mean? How does this connect with the right of the people to keep and bear arms, right? Mm -hmm. There's uh, sort of this, the uh, Second Amendment is, is a little bit unique in this way that they have uh, what the Supreme Court has called a prefatory clause. <laughs> this might be a, that's a big word, but it um, essentially it means that it's a justification for why this right should be enshrined in, in the Constitution. It's not uh, a condition of that right. So you don't have to join an official militia in order to be a part of the people who have a right to keep and bear arms. Um, and well-regulated at the time meant, uh, and still does in some circumstances today, uh, basically well-trained. So the militia was during this, the Revolutionary War was a key aspect of winning that war. Uh, but uh, one of the key parts of the strategy for using the militia was that they should be well equipped with the the arms that they needed and they should be well well trained uh, mm -hmm. in order to be an effective uh, fighting force um, that would supplement you know a, sta a standing army uh, and so uh, that was something that they put in there you know the founders were also very weary of a, uh, just the government having an army around all the time yeah. Uh, at, in that period, um, they had concerns over how the government would would use an army that's just around. It's obviously the, culturally is different than it is today, but that was one of the concerns. Okay. And so they didn't. They wanted also to have this militia uh, of people who 
were active there, you know, the, who's the militia? Well, at the time, um, you had George Mason, who was a founding father from Virginia, explain um, in, in a debate about the militia in the Virginia Constitution that the militia is, is basically everyone, um, uh, you know, the people, uh, any able-bodied uh, man at the time. And, um, and so uh, the more important thing, though, is to look at who the right is reserved to. You know, they, they say the right isn't the right of the militia. It's right. the right of the people. And, you know, the people is mentioned several times throughout the, the Bill of Rights, you know, whether it's the Fourth Amendment or um, mm-hmm. or the First Amendment, you know, and, and every time it's been interpreted to mean individuals, uh, you know, mm-hmm. people, the ge- generally everyone uh, in, in the United States. And, and so that's how the Supreme Court has also interpreted it for the Second Amendment. Okay. What about infringed? What does shall not be infringed mean? Yeah, that's a great question, right? Um, Because that's where you get into, well, what's acceptable as far as gun regulations go then? If we have the Second Amendment, it says the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. What's an infringement? Well, that's kind of the big question uh, when when you're looking at court cases or, or, you know, different laws that exist and have existed even back to the founding period, the Supreme Court has said that, you know, there are some regulations that are constitutional under the Second Amendment. There are some gun regulations. As long as they have a longstanding tradition, uh, there's this long history that dates back to the founding era, the same people who wrote the Second Amendment. If they also had gun regulations that were common during that time, then presumably they were uh, okay under the second amendment if the same people who wrote the second amendment also had restrictions on um you know a criminal could have firearms mm-hmm. uh then uh, you know uh, that's okay under the second amendment so there, the infringement is the key thing like what constitutes an infringement and that's not something that's totally settled right uh, this right. is something that's an ongoing fight and not just around the second amendment right this is something that we've been arguing about for centuries uh under the first amendment the fourth amendment the fifth amendment yeah basically all of them uh there's we have these rights and exactly what that means in practice is something that we have a whole court system to figure out right yeah absolutely um and that kind of goes along with a question that that i've been asking when i had guests on about freedom of the press and things like that which is Technology has changed a lot. You know, our founders, mm-hmm. when they said freedom of the press, they didn't know that we'd be able to send a tweet that everyone would see or post right. something on TikTok that everyone could watch. Or so, make a podcast, right? Exactly, a podcast. <laughs> so do you think that our founders, um, you know, if they knew the weapons that we'd have today, would they still say shall not be infringed? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think that uh, the same principle applies there with modern uh, weaponry, modern firearms, mm-hmm. compared to you know modern press technologies. You know the the founders would probably be far more surprised by something like the internet than they would yes. by something like uh, a modern semi-automatic handgun. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, it's obviously there's been a lot of advancement in technology in both areas, but your modern rifle doesn't isn't that different from the muskets that they used at the time. It certainly has significantly advanced but it's not something where uh you know the very basic technology remains similar it's it's far far improved of course but yeah uh but 
yeah, this is something that the Supreme Court has also weighed in on. Uh, and actually, unanimously, they ruled um, in a in a case called Satano back in 2016 that, you know, uh, the Second Amendment protects modern arms as well. There's no, uh, it's not just arms that were in common use during the founding. Right. Uh, it's it's also modern firearms. It's the the principle remains the same, and it still applies to new technology today. Sure, because a lot of those founders, you know, the the weapons that they had were the peak of technology then, sure. and they were okay with everyone. I mean, they had cannons everyone. and warships too. So, yeah, exactly. You know, some of the stuff they had is far more uh, potentially devastating than, than uh, or powerful. Than, exactly. Yeah, than what we did your average um, civilian is today. We did an episode when we started talking about the revolution with um, Ashley Flabinski, who is, I'm sure you know her, a firearms historian. Yes. And we talked a lot about about what was available at the time, and it was some pretty some pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's advanced. You know, not not to discount the last 200 years of firearms technology, but uh, I'm just saying the internet is a far more stark change right. from the, the pen and quill of the day yeah. uh, than moving from, you know, a puckle gun to an AR-15. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's a great point. It's not that technology hasn't changed. It certainly has. It's just that uh, the, the principles haven't changed. You know, they, yeah. they've remained the same. That was kind of the point of a written constitution, right? Is that you write yeah. these things down so that the principle can remain in effect for generations to come. And of course, this, the founders also gave us a way to change the Constitution, you know, to keep up with uh, changes in technology or changes in culture or changes in mm -hmm. time. You know, we have a method to um, amend the Constitution, right? That that yeah. that was their solution. You know, they knew things weren't going to always be the same um, and that modern problems might require a different approach. And so, therefore they gave us a way to change the constitution and we've done that for the better mm -hmm. uh, many times right like uh, you know you asked about um uh, you know who's the militia right well at the time mm -hmm. the during the founding obviously the, the the country is made up of of people and people are flawed and and there were some very significant flaws uh, that were in place during our founding era right the slavery yeah. uh, women didn't have rights so the militia wouldn't have included uh, African-Americans or or women in them. And that's something that we've changed in the Constitution over time to ensure that uh, the rights of minorities and women are, are protected the same way uh, the rights of white men are. Yeah. So, um, you know, along with, with that, you know, Lysander asked if slaves and women could have guns at the time. And as you said, mm -hmm. they couldn't. But that's definitely something that's that's changed and, you know, helped with equality. Yeah, their rights were severely restricted or completely uh, destroyed at the at the founding period and for uh, up until the Civil War, right? And for women up until mm -hmm. uh, you know the Nineteenth Amendment, the the yeah. suffrage the suffragettes, the the women who fought for the right to vote and uh, to you know to be um, invested with those same rights that everyone else has, uh, and so uh, at the, the founding era we, we didn't have those protections and it was a, a great wrong right in american mm -hmm. history and something that americans had to fight to change both um you know minorities themselves and 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 others who were allied with them and it i mean and it took a a civil war unfortunately to yeah. uh to get rid of slavery and to change the constitution 
to um, outlaw that practice and to give people their full rights. That's what the 14th Amendment was about, right? And so, yeah, at the, at the time, minorities and women didn't have the same rights as everyone else. And uh, that's a black mark, right, on our history. But, yeah. but again, it's something that we changed. Um, yeah. and, and today they do. Absolutely. So speaking of restrictions, um, I want to get into a little bit about what some of the restrictions are today. I know you mentioned having a concealed carry permit and some states mm -hmm. you have to get a special permit if you want to carry a gun. In yes. some states they have what's called constitutional carry where the constitution says you can, so you can. Um, so what are some of the, the restrictions that have been placed? Sure. I mean, there's quite a lot of restrictions on firearm ownership in the United States, not, not as much as in many other countries, but um, certainly you have restrictions on who can own guns. We have federal law and state laws that govern that. So somebody who's, for instance, uh, been convicted of a felony, if they've served more than one year in jail, they can't own guns for the rest of their lives. Um, somebody who's been involuntarily committed as a, a, you know, a threat to themselves or others, a, a judge has ordered that they be put into a mental institution. That person can't own guns for the rest of their lives. Um, you know, the, somebody who's been convicted of misdemeanor domestic violence, so it's a lower mm -hmm. lower level crime than a felony, but uh, because it's domestic violence Violet, related, yeah, yeah we've uh, the federal government prohibits people from owning guns over those sorts of crimes that they've been convicted of. Uh, you know, of course, there's a lot of regulations on how you can sell firearms. Mm -hmm. uh, if you sell guns as a business, you have to get a federal license to do that. Uh, and and you have to conduct, for instance, background checks on people who buy guns from you. And so if you go into a gun store, that person is going to have a license from the federal government to operate. They're going to do a background check on you that goes through the FBI's um, background checks database to see if you have any of the records of those sorts of uh, things that I just mentioned that would make you prohibited from yeah. uh, possessing guns. And then, you know, there's record keeping requirements and um things along those nature yeah carrying a gun is another um another area where there's significantly more restrictions for instance m many states although most states as you mentioned don't require a permit anymore to mm -hmm. uh carry a firearm so long as you can legally have the firearm so right. you know somebody who uh, is a convicted felon for instance they can't right. legally carry a gun because they can't legally even have possess a gun, a gun. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but even places that have permitless carry uh, have required, they have different areas where you can't take a gun, courthouses or schools mm -hmm. or, um, you know, voting, voting places, things of that nature. Some, some states have a lot more of them, right? They, I think people generally call these gun free zones, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you can't take your, you can't carry a gun on private property where it's posted that guns aren't allowed. Um, that's usually, uh, illegal and you know so there there's uh, age restrictions for instance um there's a federal law that restricts uh handgun sales to anyone under 21 so even if you're an adult even if you're over 18 you can't buy a handgun from mm -hmm. a licensed dealer although that you know, a lot of these are being challenged in court there's still a lot of um debate over these restrictions but they uh, they exist there's there's restrictions on how guns can 
uh, come into the country for sale or whether they can mm. be exported for sale. There, you know, there, there's a lot. A lot, yeah. Uh, some states have bans on the sale of uh, certain kinds of guns, like AR-15s, there's uh, or so-called assault weapons. And uh, some states have bans on uh, magazines that hold more than ten or fifteen rounds. Uh, you know, yeah. there, there's there's a lot of variety <laughs> out there yeah. in terms of you know, and so you have the federal laws, and then of course you have the state laws, and those can be much more. Uh, yeah. much more restrictive, uh, restrictive, but <laughs> yeah. also just wildly different depending yeah. on what state you're in. Yeah. So, so, so has it ever in American history, it seems like it's probably never been harder to buy a gun <laughs> with all the, all the laws. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of true. Right. I mean, um, you know, not that it's, if, if you have no criminal background or no, nothing in your record that would keep you from buying a gun and uh, in most states, it's not that difficult to do. You know, you go to a store and you, you, the system, the background check system is designed so that it's supposed to be instant. That's in yeah. the name, right? The National Instant Criminal Background Check System is what it's called, or NICS. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, so you can, you can buy a gun relatively quickly in most states, uh, so long as you pass that background check. But yeah, yeah you're, you're right. Um, for instance, you can't buy a gun and have it shipped to your house. Like right. you would if you bought something off Amazon, right? There's no Amazon Prime for guns. <laughs> you have to, if you buy a gun online, you have to have it shipped to a local gun dealer and then go pick it up from them and do mm -hmm. the background check there. Yeah. Um, you know, private sales are usually are are uh, generally not allowed across state lines for for handguns at the very least. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, so unlike if you wanted to sell your tv to somebody in your you know yeah. neighboring state you could do that you, you can't do that with a handgun um and, and not you know these are and i'm just listing the regulations whether people sure. like them or dislike them is is another question but yeah um yeah I, you know you used to be able to, there's uh, restrictions on fully automatic guns machine guns right you mm -hmm. can't buy new machine guns anymore you used to yeah. be able to you used to be able to buy machine guns through the mail and have it delivered to your door with no background check. That's, yeah. uh, you know, you go back not even necessarily that far to like the, the, the 1930s and you yeah. could do that. Um, but you can't do that today. And, and, you know, not to say that that's, these are all super controversial regulations. A lot of them have broad support, but that, but yeah. you're right. Uh, your great grandparents generation would have had far fewer restrictions on, how they can buy guns and what kind of guns they can buy yeah. than the current generation does. Yeah. So what are, what are some other things that people might, might misunderstand about the second amendment that we can clear up? Yeah. I mean, I think there's uh there's, there's a lot of confusion over um, that militia clause, right? There, there's mm -hmm. a lot of debate and confusion over it. There's a lot of, uh, <clears throat> the, you know, this has really been settled law in, the federal courts at, by the Supreme Court since 2008, that this the Second Amendment applies to individuals, not yeah. to, you know, it's not some sort of collective right um, that means nothing for individuals. Uh, it, it doesn't apply to people who are in the National Guard or something. You hear that occasionally that sort of the National Guard is like the militia, which right. isn't which is not really true um, comparison anyway, but uh, but you know you hear these sorts of things still today all the time the stuff about um that it just protects muskets or mm -hmm. whatever you know these things are um 
well outside of what is actually being argued in court anymore because the Supreme Court has already ruled on this. And certainly, you know, the Supreme Court can change its mind over time, but uh, it's unlikely any of that is going to change anytime soon. But you still hear a lot of that debate in, you know, in the media or or just generally online uh, where you, you get a lot of people talking about how the Second Amendment basically just doesn't mean any, anything, to right. be honest with you. Like, that's, uh, you know, this collective right argument is kind of like, well, it's a collective right, and the government can restrict it in any way that it wants. So I always kind of wonder, like, well, what do you think the point of that amendment being in there is? Right. It just means nothing. Um, but anyway, so yeah. Yeah, you still get a lot of that debate, even okay. though, um, you know, it, it's pretty well settled in, in the courts at this point. Okay. So final question, why is the Second Amendment still important today, you know, 250-ish years later? Yeah, I mean, I think it still matters for the same reasons that it mattered at the founding. Like, it's a bulwark. An armed people is a bulwark against tyranny, you know, and now that's pretty remote concept for us today, right? We're not necessarily worried about being invaded or yeah. about uh, the government trying to send us all to camps or something like that it's, it's not a it's not a top of mind thing which is good right uh that's that's a positive thing although you can you do see it elsewhere in the world right ukraine being invaded by russia and that they rush to arm yeah. civilians in that scenario uh so you can still see it in modern um contexts around the world mm -hmm. uh but yeah for for us today i mean you know not only is the second amendment there for the purpose of the protection of a free state, but but it also is there to uh, uh, help people exercise their right to self-defense. Uh, mm -hmm. This is the other aspect of the Second Amendment that's that's key as well. There's there's hunting too, right? You, firearms have all kinds of uses, and you get hunting gets talked about a lot um, around the Second Amendment or or whatever. And you don't need certain kinds of guns for hunting, but the Second Amendment's yeah. core. While it does certainly protect you uh, using your firearms to hunt, it, it is more about self-preservation and national preservation um, yeah. than than it ever was about the right to hunt. And so, you know, self-defense is only as you, your right to self-defense is only as useful as the tools you have to uh, carry it out. So yeah. if if you um, restrict the people the right to uh bear arms you're restricting the the right to self-defense and uh you know you're limiting what people can use to uh to defend themselves against potentially a bigger stronger uh person that that is trying to harm them or multiple people and so you know, it's it remains an important thing thing for uh, all of those reasons, right? It's not just one or the other, even recreation, right? You know, sure. sh there's recreational shooting is probably the most common way that people use their firearms, right? Yeah. Uh, even, even though self-defense is the main reason that a lot of people buy a gun and the philosophical sort of uh, view of the Second Amendment protecting our liberties uh, is important to a lot of people. Uh, and even hunting is is a common pastime uh, or even way to get, you mm -hmm. know, a practical way to get food. But, uh, you know, most people use their guns for recreation most of the time. That's that's where the vast majority of time yeah. is spent. The vast majority of rounds are discharged in 
recreational shooting, competitive shooting, yeah. going to the range, plinking, you know, shooting in your uh, in your uh, your local range, your backyard range, if you have one, if you have the ability to do that safely. But there's um, there's a whole wide use of firearms, and it's not just one or one thing here, one thing there that makes them relevant today. It's it's all of this stuff at once. Absolutely. All right. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for joining us today. This was a great overview of the Second Amendment and why it's still important. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. There you have it. All about the Second Amendment, what it means to bear arms, what it means to be a well-regulated militia, and what it means to infringe those rights. So what do you think? You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Growing Patriots, and find more about us and the Growing Patriot books at growingpatriots.com. Talk to you next time. They freed us all from tyranny. We stand everything for liberty. And they fought so we would be America, land of the This has been a presentation of the FCB Podcast Network, where real talk lives. Visit us online at fcbpodcasts.com.